The following podcast is sponsored by Structure Tech. I know that our bodies, we need minerals to function and magnesium and calcium are good for us. So why would you want to take those things out of your water? It's more for helping the other appliances in the house. So if you can take that out of the water, it makes your the other appliances run longer. Welcome everybody. You're listening to Structure Talk, a Structure Tech presentation. My name is Bill Ulrich alongside Tessa Murray and Ruben Saltzman. As always, your three-legged stool. I don't know why I started saying that, but I started saying that. <laughs> You've been saying that every podcast. I, I was gonna that. wonder when that why that started and when that started. I don't even know how that happened, Bill. I don't know, but it's stuck now for two or three. We can probably dump it now after this. But you're listening to an episode of Structure Talk. And on today's episode, we have Brady Androff with us from Northland Water Conditioning. And we're going to dig into water a little bit because if you live where we live, there can be some pretty big variabilities in water quality in some of the cities. And up here in the in the Northland, we've got Minneapolis and St. Paul that take most of their water. Well, in fact, they take their water right out of the river and it's really nice and clean by the time it gets to my house. Or you can live in the suburbs, you know, outside the loop, 494, 694 loop, where your water smells like iron and it's awful and it tastes horrible. You know so, what? You're going off the rails, Bill. Tessa, turn his mic off. What is he talking about? Okay. <laughs> We just you, started the show. Bill, when you said truth. that the, Minneapolis and St. Paul gets its water out of the Mississippi River and it's really clean by the time it reaches you, are you being sarcastic or is that is that true? No, I'm 100% serious about that. And we've got great water because, you know, you're not bringing it from 400 feet below the surface of the earth. It's runoff that uh, ends up in the river that they just treat and then give back to us. So it's a very nice cycle. I'm curious to hear what Brady has to say about that. Yeah, why don't, sure why don't we hear from the expert? Before we get too far down this road, Brady, can you go ahead and introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about your background, your company, and tell everybody where they can get a hold of you, because I'm sure people will have questions for you afterwards. Hi, my name is Brady Androff. I'm the owner of Northland Water Conditioning Company. We're a family-owned and run water softening company in the Twin Cities area. Business was started in 1949 by my grandpa, and then I'm a third generation owner. And we, you know, service, supply, sell uh, water softeners and water filtration systems. Gotcha. Perfect. So um, you've been doing this a long time. Yes. How did your grandfather get into the business? Yeah, it was kind of a kind of a new business at the time. You know, way back when they used to have manual water softeners where you had to add the salts right into the tank. It didn't, you know, didn't automatically, you know, pull the salt in. You would flush it for a while and then, you know, time everything. And, and hopefully you got, got the timing right so that you flushed all the salt water out before it was clean. Just a business that he, he loved to sell. So it worked out for him. And then my dad, Dad took it over from him and passed it on to me. You just passed it on? You you got it for free? Or do you have to buy your way into this one? <laughs> a little of both. Little okay. Both. All right. That's a side conversation. I'm sorry, everybody. I don't mean to <laughs> go down that road. But can you just take me down this road of why we use salt and other things to treat water? I mean, what does a water softener actually do? Good question. So water softener, the resin inside that the tank is actually what softens the water. You can actually soften water without salt. The salt is, is actually what cleans the, the, the resin inside the tank. So the way it works is as you open up a faucet, water runs through the water softener, gets filtered, 
pulls out those minerals. The main minerals are calcium and magnesium are what's pulled out of the hardness. And then you have soft water that goes out to the house. So it's a little different than say like a hot water tank where whatever is in the tank is what you have for hot water. It just continually filters it throughout the day. Once so many gallons runs through it, it gets saturated and it can't hold on it anymore. So when it regenerates, usually that night that salt water gets pulled in that knocks the hardness minerals off the resin that goes to the drain. And then you have a new filter ready, you know, for so many gallons again. Gotcha. Thank you. You simplified it for me. So you said the two most often removed minerals are magnesium and, and what? And calcium. And calcium. So why do I think there's iron in water? There, there can be also. Most city water, that, that gets treated by the city. So most of the time, iron gets taken out. Uh, but you still might have a trace amount that comes through. In most cases, water softeners can pick that up. If you're on a well, there's more, more than likely that you have some iron in the water. And that's where you'll see it more often is coming from a, a private well. So I've got a question for you, Brady. I know that, you know, just our bodies, we need minerals to function and magnesium and calcium are good for us. So why would you want to take those things out of your water? Sure. It's more for helping the other appliances in the house because the, the calcium is usually that white chalkiness you'll see like in a dishwasher or on your faucets. And that builds up, um, also builds up in the pipes and other appliances throughout your house. So if you can take that out of the water, it makes your the other appliances run longer. And in most cases, your diet is where you're going to get the minerals from. So if you... Assuming we eat healthy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> You know, in order to get that much calcium, you'd have to drink, you know, there's gallons and gallons of water to be equivalent to what your diet would provide. So the amount that you're taking out in most cases will be made up in your, in your diet. Okay. What about your intake of sodium? I've heard that when you're drinking softened water, you end up with a lot more sodium in your diet. Can you comment on that? That's a, a question we get a lot. Of. Well, a water softener does give off a, a trace amount of sodium because it, it, it's an ion exchange. So calcium and the magnesium attached to the resin you need that salt water to come in and knock it off. And so it's an exchange where the, when it regenerates, the, the hardness gets you know flushed off down to the drain and then the, the resin is coated with sodium. When hard water comes back through again, the calcium and magnesium knock that, cal- I'm sorry, the sodium off the resin and a little bit goes into the water. One way to look at it is if you took one quart of, of softened water, that would be equivalent to a piece of white bread, the sodium content of a white bread. So in most cases, you're going to get a lot more sodium out of your diet than you would ever drinking water. So we have had you know, some cases where you know, maybe after a heart attack or your doctor just says, you know, absolutely no sodium in your diet. In that case, you wouldn't want to drink soft water. For the majority of people, it's not an issue. You're going to get a lot more sodium out of your diet than you would in the water. Okay, so please explain to me why it is that on every home that's built with a water softener, they have a bypass where there's a dedicated cold water line going up to the kitchen faucet that's hard water. It's not softened. The, The explanation I've always received is that you don't want all that extra sodium in your diet because, you know, you're going to die a really early death or something like that. <laughs> but please explain why we go to all this trouble to run an unsoftened line to the kitchen. Sure. Usually the main reason they do that is that way it gives you the option of the, the cold line being hard for, you know, like drinking. If you don't want to drink soft water, it gives you that option. Also, if like say watering plants, ideally you don't want to use soft water just because, you know, the extra sodium that's in the water. So that way it gives you one, one faucet in the house with hard water as an option, whereas the rest of the house would be soft. So that's the main difference. Okay. Well, I'm going to weigh in with my two cents on this one and say, this is the worst thing that we've ever decided to do to our houses. It's terrible. I used to live in houses that had this 
And we, you get all of these mineral deposits around the kitchen faucet and around the base of the sink. And I would constantly, I mean, at, at least once a year, I'd have to get out some type of implement and I'd have to scrape all of these calcium deposits away from my faucet. And eventually I got this genius idea like, hey, what if I just run softened water? And all of these issues just instantly disappeared. I, I quit going through a coffee maker every year. It, it was all these, seriously, I would have Ruben, to replace my Ruben, coffee maker annually. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have that problem if you lived in St. Paul. Or oh, Minnesota. shut up. I knew you were going there. <laughs> Move into the core, man. Move into the core. <laughs> One point I was going to say, Ruben, too, is a lot of times we'll get calls with um, saying that the water softener doesn't work, especially if they're going to you know, sell their house or planning on selling it. And they'll say, yeah, we, we tested the water and it was hard. First question I always ask is, where did you test it from? Because like you said, the kitchen cold will be hard. So a lot of times they'll, they'll test it there and, it, and it's going to be hard because it's not hooked up to the water softener. Mm -hmm. So always check to see where they, they tested the water from. Use a bathroom because more than likely that's, that's going to be on the water softener. And then that will give you more of an accurate test of what's going on. You know, Brady, I've got a question for you. Actually, doing inspections at houses, you know, across the metro, there's certain areas where, you know, you know, are, tend to have harder water and other areas that have soft water. Well, Minneapolis, if you are to test Minneapolis water with a, like a water hardness test strip, you know, just one that you can buy at a hardware store, it comes back yep. saying that it's hard. Why is that? Is it hard? Um, it's soft. Yeah. Minneapolis and St. Paul water is between about five to seven grains of hardness, which is considered soft. Anything over 10 is considered very hard water, which most of the suburbs in the Twin Cities area are anywhere from, you know, 15 to 40 is, is kind of the range. So, even though five to seven is kind of considered medium as far as hardness, still going to, on the test strips, it'll, it might still come up as hard. It's not down to zero. With a water softener, it'll bring it right down to zero. Okay. And so that's why you're, you're still getting a little bit of that coming through being at, you know, between five to seven. So if you live in Minneapolis and you have someone come in and, and do a water hardness test strip and they show you that it's hard from that test strip and they tell you, oh, you need a water softener. What would you say to that person? I mean, you can still put a water softener on, on that type of water. And we actually do okay. quite a few people, especially, you know, if, if someone's used to, you know, living up further out in the suburb and move to the city, it's going to be a lot softer, but it's not going to be down to zero. So some people, you know, want that down to zero. So they will put, will put a water softener in. It'll be a lot more efficient because it won't regenerate very often because of the lower hardness. One way you can get, kind of get around that is the test strips aren't as accurate as like a, a drip test. So if you get a test, you can do exactly how many, you know, each drip is how many hardness grains are in the water. That will give you a more indicator of exactly how hard it is. Test strips kind of give you a range. Okay. Uh, so they're not telling you exactly the hardness. So that's one way if, if you are testing it, give you a little more accurate test. I, I got to ask you for, you know, you talk about getting the hardness down to zero or getting it really low. I've been in some homes where I think that's the case. I, I had some neighbors growing up where I swear the water there just felt slimy. What is that? Why does water feel slimy when it's really soft? Sure. So if you have a hard water in your house and you like you shower with it, you come out and your skin kind of feels rough. The hard the hardness minerals in the water are there's a natural oil on your skin. When you shower with that or, or wash your hands, it, it's rubbing off that mat, natural oil. Uh, with soft water, it's not doing that because the minerals aren't in the water. That slimy feeling you're getting, what we always tell people is it, with soft water, you can basically cut your soap usage in half. So if you're mm. using the same amount of soap that you would with hard water, you don't need that much to clean. So that extra soap is, is harder to, to wash off. So in most cases, if you just cut your soap usage in half, that'll, that'll kind of get rid of that, that slimy feeling if you're not used to that. Okay. All right. So it's not the water, it's your actual skin. Yeah, exactly. Okay.
Got it. Yep. Brady, I know there's a couple different ways to treat water and one of them doesn't use any this resin business. Can, can you kind of explain the difference between those two systems? Sure. So there, there's kind of two different types. There's the resin type, which uses salt to, to regenerate or clean itself. There are some other saltless systems out there. Unfortunately, we haven't found one that works as well as a salt system, um, so we don't carry any. Sometimes they're more marketed as a descaler. So, you know, a lot of different types out there. Some of them change kind of the chemistry of the, of the calcium and magnesium, so it's less likely to stick to things. And so the only drawback we've seen is it's not actually taking the minerals out of the water like a water softener does. It's changing the chemistry so it's less likely to stick. But if you, you know, leave some water on a counter and let it dry, those minerals are still still there. And so that, that's kind of the difference. Some of those systems also use it's more of a kind of a conditioner. So they'll use like a carbon filter, which is going to take out, you know, chlorine, taste, and odor out of the water along with a bunch of other elements. That's going to do, you know, some of it, especially if, if your water isn't real hard, like Minneapolis-St. Paul, would be a good option for that because most of the hardness is already out. The carbon filter will help take out the other trace elements. Awesome. So we've already sort of touched on this a little bit, but grade the worst city in the metro area in terms of hardness. And then if you could kind of move from there in, if you're comfortable kind of giving those grades, Brady, what would you say? Sure. And, and some of these have changed over the years. Right now, Brooklyn Park is, is pretty hard. They're one of the highest that we test. And then Maple Grove, Plymouth area, kind of that northwest suburb area. It's pretty hard. I thought we were friends. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble here. But like I said, most, most of the suburbs are anywhere from, you know, 15 to 40. You know, Brooklyn Park, we've been seeing 36, 37 testing up there. Whoa. And then, you know, Maple Grove is, is is a little bit lower. It does vary throughout the year a little bit too, depending on which well they're pulling from. So that, you know, that can vary. And even within the city, we've seen some differences. So we, you know, just like to test each area. And then there are some other ones, you know, further down south, like you get Apple Valley, Rosemount, you know, that's closer to, you know, 17, 18 in that, that range. And then there are, and then, you know, you get into the private wells and some of the areas also. That can be, you know, house to house, just depending on where the well is, is sitting, that can be different. So... Are these wells being pulled from the same aquifer, basically? Because I am under the understanding that there is a giant aquifer that runs from like south of Rochester up to the Twin Cities. Are you familiar with this geological formation? And are these municipalities pulling from basically the same aquifer? Yeah, a lot of them are. I know there's a large one in Jordan that they pull from. And then that's, and that's why you'll see a lot of the cities are, are real similar that are close, you know, you know, right next to each other, because they're kind of pulling from the, the same well. And like I said, that's seasonal too, because they, they do, you know, in summertime, there's, there's more water usage. They might pull from a different well than in the wintertime when there's lower usage. But having said that too, with talking about water hardness, there are a couple suburbs that, that are soft also. So like you said, Minneapolis and St. Paul, uh, Bloomington is also in Eden Prairie, blue have soft water. And so, uh, it just depends on, you know, where, where they're getting the water from. Okay. So to answer this one, and this is the age old question, what's better pellets or crystals? <laughs> I can get in trouble with this one. There's we, only we one right answer. We, we always recommend to use whatever is recommended by the manufacturer, <laughs> but we recommend the crystals on all of our softeners. And there, there's two different kind of main types of water softeners. There's ones that you buy that are all together. So the water softener is together with the salt tank, all in one. Those generally recommend pellet. And then if you have a separate salt tank, the, the, all the systems that we sell have a separate salt tank. Those we, we do recommend crystals. Okay. All uh, right. One of the reasons for that is one of the problems you, you can run into is a salt bridge inside the 
the salt tank. And that's where you get a hard layer of salt. And so the salt isn't dropping down into the water at the bottom of the tank and being dissolved to use when it regenerates. A lot of times, the ones all in one, because the water softener sits inside there, especially in the spring and the summer, it'll sweat a little bit or have condensation. That condensation runs down the tank and gets the salt wet. Once that dries, then you get kind of that hard layer, almost like a bridge in there. And so a little less likely to get salt bridging when you have those pellets, you know, just a bigger chunk, more weight to, to drop down. That's kind of the reason they, they recommend those. Having a separate salt tank, you're less likely to get as much humidity. I mean, you can, depending on, you know, your, your basement or wherever your softener is, you're a little less likely to get that. So the, the crystals is what we recommend for that. Okay. All right. So which is, which is better, the, the two-tank type or the two-unit type or the self-contained unit, just the one unit? We only sell the two-tank system. The reason <laughs> for that is the all-in-one are nice because they're nice and compact. So if you have a really tight space, sometimes that's the only thing that'll fit in there. The only downside is because it's a smaller tank and resin tank, they have to pack more resin in that tank in order to get the capacity up. When it regenerates, it kind of flushes itself and, and stirs that resin around. If you don't have a lot of open space in there, it can't do that. And so it gets really compacted and that can decrease the lifespan of the resin. And so that's just one of the reasons we use a separate tank because uh, we can use a larger tank, a little taller one that has a little more room for that resin to move around. It just cleans it a little better. So okay. it kind of depends on your application. If, if you're really tight spot and that's the only thing that'll work, you know, those work great. The other major difference between the two is the type of resin that's used. And that's where the lifespan of the, the softener will come in. Generally, the all-in-one systems, what we see, you know, there's always outliers on this too, but generally it's about, you know, five to eight years is the lifespan of those, depending on the hardness mm -hmm. of the water coming in the house. The, um, the resin that we use is a more of a high capacity so ours are going to last, you know, closer to you know, 15 to 20 years, depending on the, the hardness of the water coming in the house. Wow. Um, and so that is a huge difference. Yeah, that's, that's the main difference because even if mechanically everything's working correctly, if your resin is shot and it just can't pull out the minerals anymore, you're, you're still going to have hard water in the house. So even though it's using salt, you know, mechanically everything's right. Unfortunately, you'll still get hardness coming through the house. So I did a little research quickly, and I found the name of this aquifer that I was referencing before. It's something called the Mount Simon Aquifer. Have any of you ever heard of this? I'm going to do my best to forget. Okay. Well, this is, this is actually kind of interesting. It, it lies anywhere from 600 to 1,000 feet below, and it's in south-central Minnesota, kind of extends down. And some of the water in this aquifer is up to 30,000 years old. Whoa. Wow. Pretty interesting stuff. It's saturated sandstone. And NPR, Minnesota Public Radio, had a interesting story on this way back in 2008. And we'll reference the link to this story. But it's talking here that there's somewhere, this town of Mankato, which is a little bit south of Twin Cities, they pumped out 3.2 billion gallons of water per year just out of that Mankato vicinity. So wow. don't quote anything I just said there, read the article, but the number 3.2 billion gallons of water per year is being pumped out of this aquifer in the Mankato vicinity. Pretty interesting stuff. That's a lot of water, holy yeah. cow. Wow, okay, back to uh, water systems. I mean, what else do you guys have? <laughs> you know what, I had a question for Brady. How much would someone expect to spend on installing one of these systems? I guess both types of systems, are they similar price? Yeah, the all-in-one systems that you find at most of the big box stores, they're different sizes. You know, anywhere from, you know, 300 to six, $700 for those systems. Most of the two-tank systems are, you know, usually start out at around, say, about $1,000 and then go up from there, depending on what kind of bells and whistles you want on the system. And then there are some twin-tank systems, too, which have two water softeners that are connected. 
and the price goes up on those just because you have two tanks and a little bit more hardware. So it's just kind of a ballpark. But it's, it's kind of like anything you can get. I mean, you can spend a lot more than that, you know, depending on, you know, if you have sometimes really, really hard well water, you kind of need a specialized unit or maybe a couple units together to really get your water where you need it. So it just kind of depends on, on the water quality. You quoted some prices for the units themselves. What about labor? What What does that take for labor? How much time is involved? I mean, is it going to be another thousand dollars in labor or what? No, generally it's, you know, depending on what needs to be done, you know, you're looking at maybe a hundred, two hundred dollars for the installation. The installation generally takes, you know, anywhere from, you know, an hour and a half to three hours, depending on if you're, if you're taking another softener out, put one in, or if there's a little extra plumbing that's needed. Usually, you know, a half day event will take care of it. Okay. Yeah, okay. it kind of depends on, on the application, on how much plumbing. If it's a new new plumbing or there hasn't been a water softener in the house before, that might involve a little bit more depending on the age of the house. Most new construction is constructed with a water softener in mind. So they kind of set up the plumbing for that. So in most cases that, you know, wouldn't take a lot. But if you have an older house, you know, probably 20 years or older, that's never had a water softener. Now you might have to run some extra lines because ideally what you want is you want the outside lines to be on hard water. And then, you know, like you're talking about Ruben with the kitchen cold, depending on how, how you want to do that. Don't do it. That's <laughs> my advice to everybody listening. Do I'm going to take exception to the worst thing we do in houses is not running hard water to your kitchen sink. I think Tessa's got 14 me. building science things that she can re- recite right now that would. Okay. Okay. I'm, you know what? I'm challenging you. Name one thing that we go way out of our way to do under the guise of doing something something good and it's just worthless name one crickets Crickets. i gotta think about this let me think about this ruben all right i'll let you come back before this is over but this is this is the worst i'm standing by that Where were we? So we were talking about the installation of water software and what it takes. Brady, I got a quick question for you because, and I'll, I'll, I'll throw this out to you guys. I've known Brady for a long time now. He's been out to my last house. He's been out to the house that I'm in now. He fixed my last water softener. He installed a new one at the house that I'm in now. And I've seen hundreds, thousands of water softener installations. And Brady's is the cleanest one I've ever seen, you know, hands down. He does a perfect job. He's even got the the bonding jumper at the water pipes coming in and out. He's got a big, thick wire going across. It's like, you can tell. It's just, this is what he does. This is his jam. But what is that bonding jumper all about, Brady? I know what I think it's for, but I want to hear you explain why you need this electrical wire connecting the copper water lines going into and out of the water softener. Sure. An electrician could probably describe this a lot better than I could, but my understanding is most, most water softeners now are, are made out of plastic. And so if you have copper plumbing in your house, you're, you're breaking that continuation of copper because it goes into the water softener and coming back out. So that copper grounding wire discontinues that line going through there. That way, because a lot of times the, the copper line is, is a ground for the house. See that, you know, that braided line coming up to, to ground the house. If, if there's a break in that, the way I've been described to me is, you know, if your house is ever hit by lightning, you know, that ground would, would have somewhere for that, that surge to go, you know, into the ground. If you break that, now that's going into, you know, other appliances in your house. So just real important to keep that, that electricity, you know, running through that copper pipe and not being interrupted with that going through the water softener. That's perfect. Thank you. 
Brady, do you need to pull permits to put these systems in? Yes, you do. Every city is a little bit different on what they charge. So it just depends on the city. And then, yeah, whether it's a replacement or a, a new, new appliance. So I have a, a question. I grew up in the country in a lot of the well water we drank. I say this and please don't think I'm crazy, but I always felt the water tasted like cow manure smells. And it's, you know what I'm saying? No, I mean, I grew up around a lot of dairy farms. And, Are you talking and, about sulfur? Well, no, I don't know what it is, but there's this like connection to smell and taste. Why does, why is there always that funky smell to shallow wells or, you know, these wells that maybe don't go super deep into the ground? Sure. One, one common thing you, you will smell is it's hydrogen sulfide. And that's kind of the rotten egg smell that some people get. Mm. It's usually, it can be from, you know, dead vegetation. So like you said, if it's a real shallow well, you know, coming off of like swamps and, you know, lakes like that, you can get that. It's a tough one because it's a gas. And so, you know, when it comes through the, the lines, you, you get that smell. And a lot of times they're associated with, with iron too. So if you have iron in the water, that'll, that, you know, can get up, get up off that smell. So ideally, if you can get the iron taken out of the water, either with an iron filter or sometimes a water softener will do it. And then the other option is like we we're talking about earlier with a carbon filter, which is great for, you know, taking that, that taste and the odor out of the water. So those are some of the options for taking care of that. But sometimes that smell can be really, really strong, like sulfur smell. And that can vary, you know, season to season also, just depending on, you know, where the water is in the well too. But it, yeah, it can be a big problem. That explains why some of these wells and some of the water I've tasted around northern Minnesota might be that way, because there's a lot of wetlands. There's a lot of, I guess, this water could originate in those areas and just take some of the smell with it. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Well, and if you're talking about up Northville, maybe the Iron Range has something to do with it. That stuff's way down in there. <laughs> maybe. A side note here, and you know, like at my cabin, the water we use is straight out of the lake. And it, it just runs over two filters and then heads into... Gross. <laughs> Gross. We obviously don't drink it, but it goes into the water heater. It goes directly to the cold. So Tell him how them. wrong he is. <laughs> In most cases, it, you know, it should be fine. Like you said, if you're not drinking it, then you'd, you'd want to put, you know, some other type of system, maybe like a reverse osmosis or, or you know, some kind of carbon filter to, to take some of that out. You know, usually in most cases, if you're just using it, you know, to shower and, and everything else, it, it's not a problem. Listen, the wells up in this area are 400 plus feet deep, and you're not even getting into like an aquifer or a vein of water. You're drilling into some crack in a bunch of bedrock that occasionally fills with water. And a lot of the wells in, in this area are getting like one to two gallons of water per minute. It's just not worth it to spend. You gotta be kidding me. Yeah, no, it's just the way it is. You know? Yikes. I'll take it from the lake. I don't blame you. Well, this is, uh, this is good stuff. You know, you can always talk about the science of these sorts of things all day long. And I'm sure there's water softening conferences and you guys... You, get, you just geek out on all of this stuff, but we only have a limited amount of time. So Brady, thank you very much for spending some time with us today. Can you just, again, shoot out your contact information, where people can find you if they want to consult with your company? So I'm um, Brady Androff, Northland Water Conditioning. Our website is northlandwater.com. And if, yeah, if anyone has questions, the best place is, is info at northlandwater.com. Send those and I'd be happy to answer any questions people have. Cool. I'll be sure to link to that in the show notes. So the cleanest water softener, water conditioning system installation you're ever going to see, according to Ruben Saltzman, is That's right. Northland Water Conditioning. 
And uh, thank you, Brady, for spending some time with us today. You have been listening to Structure Talk, a Structure Tech presentation. My name's Bill Ulrich, alongside Tessa Murray and Ruben Saltzman. As always, we will catch you next time. Thanks for listening. For more information on how we can provide you with the right information about your home before you buy or sell, contact us at StructureTech.com. Thank you.